Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go, Indie Game Business. Just talking about this, <laughs> you did it, didn't you? Then, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> that's kind of like sounds like it's going to get into some lo-fi. That song, that song's amazing, it's isn't like, it? Yes, we're I was back. Definitely with, jamming. We're jamming. <laughs> Indie game business. Thank you so much, Tripwire Presents, for sponsoring us. It's amazing. Your sponsorship has helped us out immensely, so we appreciate that. So. What we got going on now? We have a Maggie McLean, not try hard, but die hard. Absolutely right. Uh, fostering a people first studio. Um, here you go. Oh, I'll just take it away. Uh, take thank it you. away. <laughs> thank you so much, uh, Dan. Um, I'm so excited to be here and to be talking with everybody and, and to everybody and with uh, other amazing speakers here today. Uh, as Dan mentioned, my talk is called Fostering a People First Studio. Uh, okay, so how should we start? Okay. Hi, uh, my, I'm Maggie. Uh, I'm a game developer with over a decade of experience in having a lot of feelings. Um, that basically speaks for itself. I don't think I need to qualify that at all. Um, I've worked in various capacities during my game career from QA lead to composer, but currently I'm the senior producer at Rio Games and we're making a rad 2.5D JRPG and it is my dream come true. I'm so, so happy uh, to, be, to be making this game. Uh, let's see, I'm a parent of soon to be two. It's very, very soon. Like, I hope I get through this presentation kind of soon. Uh, we'll see. I'll let you know if anything uh, develops. I have a karate. I have a black belt in karate, which would have been really cool in the 80s. And now it's just kind of geeky, but I like it. Um, and I didn't really need to add this last point, but because it's obvious, but I'm an expert chooser of templates. Um, uh, so this is, I, I, I felt, said, I felt really nervous, but, um, I feel like with enough pink, people might, might overlook that. Anyways, that's who I am. Um, let's see. Right. What will I talk about today? This is just sort of like a brief overview of the a table of contents, if you will. Uh, we're going to talk about what is and isn't people first. Um, where has a non people first mindset like let us uh, what's changing uh, what do people value and what can I do to help have that mindset and spread that mindset around um, then I'm going to talk for a long time about all the things that you can do and then we're going to do a KPI intensive but not actually. Um, just to go off script for a minute here, I did run out of time when I was making this. So there aren't as many like humorous clip arts and, and images to sort of uh, for you to look at as I talk. So I will not take offense if you open another window and like look at a picture of a red panda or whatever you need to do to get through this. Uh, I want to talk about the takeaways just so you kind of have your mind in the right spot. Um, takeaways. Uh, being able to um, identifying the mi mindset and values we should focus on to work towards a more people first studio experience. Simple, at least simple for me, ways to work uh, the values in day to day. Um, I acknowledge that not everyone is like me and others may have different ways of approaching this. Um, and I want to learn the way other people do this as well. Um, 
ideas for enacting, championing, advocating, supporting, surfacing, or otherwise working towards a more people-first way of thinking, no matter who you are, where you're from, what you did, as long as you love me. Uh, I also want to acknowledge that there's probably no one-size-fits-all solution here. So in the end, I'm only trying to point you in the direction that I pretty deeply feel is a positive, people-focused one. All right, what isn't people first? There might be some surprising things on here. Um, good salary and benefits. This is compensation and it's important, but it's not intrinsically people first. In my opinion, a good wage and benefits are mandatory at any studio. And uh, also compensation alone doesn't address many of the underlying problems that pop up in organizations that do not put their people first. Also, data shows higher and higher salary has diminishing returns when it comes to keeping people engaged and happy. People quit, quit studios for lower pay, but happier studio life, like all the time, especially these days. Um, two, shiny new workstation, the latest Apple product. A studio should provide you with the equipment you need to do your work. That's, that's not people first. That's just, you know, helping you do your work. Uh, three and four, unlimited snacks, perks, stuff like this. None of these are perks and none of them are going to be keep you at a studio where you feel bored, undervalued, insignificant, or if you have a big misalignment with your studio's goals. Um, and it's even less relevant now that many of us are work from home or hybrid. Finally, a DEI statement alone is words on a page and often they're not tied to core business values or pillars uh, that have specific goals and strategies. Um, if action isn't taken in a people first manner on these statements, it could cause even more damage. The statement is a step towards valuing humans, but it is it isn't enough what is people first <clears throat> when the people succeed the studio succeeds people's well-being as a pillar of studio strategy um, employee employees before profits customers and stakeholders and this sounds a little bit radical perhaps um you sort of wonder well how are we even gonna uh, run a business if you know we're we're putting employees before our profits and our customers. Um, well, let's see where kind of our, our usual way that, that uh, has taken us. Um, what, where, where has a non-people first mindset taken us? There is no business with, without people and amazing team members are leaving jobs or even the game industry rapidly and loudly. The problems were already there, but um, they have been magnified or helped along by the pandemic. The game industry is well known for its challenges and toxicity and game studios at every level from AAA to indie still suffer from the dying breaths of toxicity. The great resignation. Uh, the pandemic gave a lot of folks time to self-reflect and it saw many decide to leave or switch careers. When companies returned to offices, the, the return to normal, many opted to leave their current role in favor of companies offering remote or hybrid work. Normal wasn't working for them anymore. The great burnout, um, I separate these words burn and burnout because I've seen a bit of both. Uh, both I and many of the folks I've interviewed looking for new roles have mentioned great trepidation in accepting new offers. Many have just come out of a big burnout period and they are really wary about returning to that place of strife. Uh, and maybe, or maybe they've been burned by extremely negative experiences at other studios and where they may be jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire. Finally, a growing disconnect and misalignment between teams and uh, and studios, stu team or studio goals and values has been exacerbated by distance. Uh, the industry landscape has also started to change over the past decade, and some of these changes have come in direct response to the issues I mentioned in the last slide, and some of uh, as as the result of the pandemic, and some just you know the trajectory that the industry has been on. <clears throat> One. Games are firmly crossed over into the mainstream, meaning more studios and therefore more job opportunities than ever before. We can afford to be more picky about where we want to work. Uh, game workers unions are being formed by employees demanding better from their studios. In a movement that's only gaining more momentum each day, workers want their voices and values reflected in the workplace. Um, some developers have decided that the current way of doing things is too broken to fix and are finding their legs as worker-run co-ops. AAA studios aren't as big a talent grab now because small independent teams have more access to resources and make high quality experiences. Um, the remote working experiment was a success and the savings in transportation and work-life balance that afforded people is not something that a lot of people want to lose. 
<clears throat> I was reading um, that a survey showed 85% of potential candidates in the general workforce are looking for remote or flexible hours. And it does appear that the industry has largely, our industry at least, has, has largely bought into offering some form of that. And finally, <laughs> Neptune is the farthest planet from the sun. This was part of the template and I kept it. Uh, I realize that it is sort of a contentious claim. And frankly, I'm surprised that this like sparkly pink presentation would fall so heavily on the side of Pluto is not a planet. But, um, I, you know, you might have something to say about this at the end. I'm, I'm open to, to answering questions about what this template holds. Bottom line, <clears throat> we are at a crossroads. Attracting and keeping talented, awesome team members is harder than ever before. But folks still want to find a home that they can work remotely at. We as game developers, leaders, studio builders are in a position to change the standard. At least I believe that is the case. So what are people first values? Um, before I go into a few small fundamental things, fund foundational things I do to foster a people first studio, I want to be specific about the needs and wants that have come up over and over again as foundational in this realm. Just about all the things I talk about today are small ways of addressing these needs and wants. You could realistically do an entire talk on just any one of these items, uh, and I tend to go all over the place, so bear with me. Uh, each of these is deep, multifaceted, complex, and can be actioned upon in a myriad of ways, and I'm basically focusing on what I am doing to try and work towards these values. Um, so just quickly, uh, autonomy, we want to feel trusted and confident in our work. Belonging, we want to feel like an important, welcome, respected part of the team, and I feel like this is, that's a really big one. Honesty, we want to feel like we can take folks at their word and be genuine in return. Alignment, we want to agree with what our team is doing and working towards. Growth, we want to learn, grow, and contribute in more and different ways. And collaboration, we want to work together, feeling that our participations and insights are meaningful. So just a note, ideally, people first values are one of the studio's pillars or core values. These values need to be front and center in the way we create and do business. It's, I think that's super important. Um, that said, sometimes that's not where we're at and we need to work at different levels to start or advocate for change um, in our studios. So we, as the people making up the studio need to live these values in small everyday ways. What can I do? Um, as a producer, there are things that I can do to help move the teams and studios I work with uh, towards fostering a people-first approach. My personal strategy to people-first team building is to use small, meaningful, and genuine actions to build trust, camaraderie, and a feeling of belonging as a foundation to work towards bigger items. Uh, the ways I've done this uh, has both changed and not changed with remote work, but I'll touch a, a few of those things as, as I move forward. Um, I'm going to cover four general areas of many there's just too much to cover and i'm not joking when i say that a baby could be here any minute so <laughs> don't want to don't want to overdo it um so i consciously and with intent treat each member of my team as a unique capable and talented human with varied and similar interests and varied and similar needs i do believe that even if your position isn't one of leadership or management that at least some of the items i'm going to talk about today can help even if you don't use the same techniques as I do, my hope is that you can see where the values are and what the values are and find your own unique path to working towards them. As in real life, there is no truly no one size fits all, despite what swag makers want you to think. I have so many, so many t-shirts that don't fit. Um, the important thing is to ask, what can I do? Um, all these things, guarantee will sound simple and super obvious but it takes work and care because if any of this isn't genuine if any of this doesn't serve the people first it falls apart really quickly um so with that in mind uh let's start at what i feel is like the foundation connect meaningful connect meaningfully and genuinely um right so what a surprise. Uh, all of this starts with the way that we communicate and connect. This is the foundation. Um, so I often find that bigger studios jump right to one-on-ones when it comes to people-first communication, but I personally don't feel that's the first step. One-on-ones are helpful, but it's a top-down management tool. And it's often used knowingly, but often unknowingly, to align people to the studio rather than vice versa. 
or sometimes you'll see it like a, a mandated friendly social time rather than fostering meaningful connection. And while a one-on-one -on -one definitely can create solid manager report connections, it doesn't do a lot to transpose that connection throughout the, the team on every level to really hit a lot of those needs that we talked about a few slides ago, like collaboration and belonging. I am not putting down one-on-ones. One-on-ones are awesome. I love them. They're important. Um, so as a producer, it's usually my job to take the first step in genuinely connecting with others. If I don't feel comfortable being open, fallible, gracious, excited, embarrassed, proud, or silly in front of folks at the studio, it will be an uphill battle getting them to feel comfortable that way. Um, I will never create a feeling of safety if I don't show it's safe. If you're in a position to do so, take the first step. It will feel counterintuitive and vulnerable doing it at first. Uh, it actually requires some practice and resilience and persistence. Um, so what does this look like? Uh, it can start as simply as messaging a teammate, your lead, a co-founder, just to say hello and ask how their day is going. Uh, but importantly, caring about and responding to their, their answer. It can be letting them know that you really like their presentation or excited or interested by something they did, no matter how small and insignificant it may seem to them or to others. Um, but in all cases, it means really paying attention to what people say and do and showing them that it matters to you and or the studio, whether it is related to their project output or not. Um, so towards this, take the time to learn how folks like to connect. This is where remote work can actually help in a lot of cases, especially using software like Slack or Discord. Um, some folks like hopping on a call real quick. Um, conversely, calls real quick strike fear into the heart of others. <laughs> some folks love to uh, time in the spotlight to shine. Some folks will not talk to you or others readily on a group call, but if you engage them over messaging, they bloom like a flower. Once you know, show them you are listening by engaging them on their level of comfort whenever possible for fun or work. Uh, what you're doing here is opening a pathway for folks to feel safe and comfortable talking to you and others about anything they might need. Um, right, so this can also mean helping team members connect with each other. Work from home obviously throws a wrench in the works when it comes to team connection and communication. Um, at Rio, the studio I'm working at right now, we're using Discord to help us. Each person has an office that they can sit in uh, when they're working but available, and folks can drop in for meetings or for a quick word or question, or you can invite someone in to have a chat with them as well. Um, we also have two everybody's welcome rooms where if we want to work together in silence or otherwise, we can just pop in there and be with other folks chatting as we go. If you've ever done a game jam, it kind of feels like that. Um, it just feels like you're sitting at the same table together. Anyone can drop in and out whenever they want for whatever reason. Being in one of those rooms just shows that you're working, uh, but open to being with others in a more live sense. Folks sit there all the time, but it's optional. Um, Another work from home invention, um, we're also currently spending Friday mornings playing Final Fantasy XIV together. Uh, this is lost development time, but really fun uh, team building time. Uh, the important part of anything like that is to ensure that it does not feel like mandatory fun and get buy-in and interest from everyone. So don't forget to check in regularly and change things up if, if what you're doing isn't working. Um, the, the most the most common worry about Final Fantasy XIV is like, do I have to be a tank or a healer? And the answer is no, you can be any class you want. Okay, so now we're moving on to the next <laughs> series here. Treat team members as competent co-pilots. Um, Studios or teams caught up in non-people uh, non first cycle tend to see team members in a very top-down manner, and employees purely become gas to fuel the plane, resources to get the project done. This can actually sneak up rather insidiously as, as studios scale and hierarchies become more pronounced. Uh, teammates become farther removed from each other and from core decisions being made about the studio, strategy, game project, and even their own roles. This leads to a lot of bad feelings. It does not feel good. So this mode of thinking really hits a lot of the people first values. Um, autonomy, collaboration, belonging, alignment. It's, it's, this is really important. So whenever possible, try not to surprise your team with news of, or change, especially if it affects them in some way. It's not always possible, but whenever possible. 
For example, it's not a great feeling to see, say, constructive feedback on a manager's review that hasn't been never mentioned has never been mentioned previously verbally, or finding out that your task load is going to be shared with some new outsourcing partners that will onboard soon, onboard soon, or hearing a happy announcement that there was a surprise internal promotion on your team for a new position that, you know, you may have been interested in if only the process was made public. When it comes down to what it comes down to is this. Nobody should feel left out of the conversation when it comes to their work and contributions. We need to preemptively think about how our personal our personal and studio-wide actions and decisions affect other folks. You might be able to tell I feel very strongly about this. Um, uh, so as a producer, I'm often privy to information before others are. I'm also often asked to write up new policies and procedures for the team, and I'm very sensitive to how each member of the team may process that information, and usually through getting to know them via meaningful and genuine connection. Uh, what I do in these cases is to surface any concerns and recommend ways to not only offset what could potentially be a negative experience, but to think of ways of turning them into opportunities for collaboration and ownership with the rest of the team. Um, for example, uh, I've helped develop and write career pathing documentation in collaboration with folks uh, in or hoping to be working in the actual roles, which is strangely unusual. To me, it feels kind of like obvious. Um, and I've advocated for processes to consult internal teams with regards to any potential outsourcing and to re and for them to research own and direct outsourcing needs. My hope is also that with trying to constantly practice these things, that if something does fall through the cracks, a team member will feel empowered to ask for what they need to make it better. Uh, trust your team members. <laughs> we should assume that we can work remotely without someone looking over our shoulder. We always knew it was the case, but now it's been proven. Uh, we should assume that we can manage our time and be respectful of other people's time um, without enforcing strict hours of operation. We should trust that, uh, you know, folks know their roles better than we do. We should trust that they know their experiences better than we do. If someone says this is a bad idea, I don't want to do it, listen to them, dig more and work towards what can work. If someone says, I'll get this done, but I need two days for my mental health, be happy that they've identified the time that they need and, and, and trust that yes, the work need, that, that needs to get done will get done. Um, obviously, unless pattern, patterns emerge to the contrary, but this is the exception and, and, and not the rule in my experience. Ah, yes. The team should participate in initiatives, processes, or strategies and have buy-in towards those things early. As a producer, almost everything I do is to ensure other folks can do their work better and more happily. So this, to me, comes second nature. But it, it is about looking at whatever you're doing and asking yourself if others have different experiences, roles, uh, project, or business understandings that can help you do it better. Or make it more applicable or friendly or accessible to others in the studio. Not as an afterthought, but right from the start. Um, for example, if I'm creating an employee handbook, sure, there's stuff that really needs to go in it, but what does a teammate want or need to see in it? Uh, exercises like this not only end up in a better result, but has the added benefit of everyone feeling a sense of ownership over the output and hopefully a sense of pride in their expanded contribution towards the lasting direction of the studio. All right, find opportunities for unique contributions and growth. Okay. So folks want to be a valuable member of the team. They want to feel as though their skills, expertise, and interests align with what the team wants and needs. They'd love to learn new things and grow and contribute more. They'd love to build their career while helping to build a great studio. They'd love to contribute in special and unique ways. This is motivating and important for so many. So how do we put these values first? Wouldn't it just be great if I said, I don't know, and then just went to the next slide? Um, <laughs> I thought about it. Uh, no, find ways for folks to use their non-primary skills or unique insights and experiences to elevate the team, the project, the studio, and recognize the extra value it brings. So a great way to help folks not feel like a cog in the machine is to help them discover their unique perspectives or contributions that they can bring to other areas of the studio. Um, at Rio, one of the big draws for me was how much of a non-issue it was for me to basically participate in every piece of the development I wanted to. As a JRPG fan with um, some history in game music composition, one of the big exciting pieces of working on our game was the music and sound part. Um, and I've been invited since day one to be involved in that process as much or as little as I like. I cannot tell you how much I get out of being able to contribute in that way. For me, it's like a dream come true. And in the view of our co-founders, it's welcomed valued participation. I feel like my expertise and background are special and I feel as though I'm aligned with what I want and what my team wants. For someone like me, that's one of the most important and gratifying pieces of working anywhere. 
Oh, <laughs> yes. And one more thing. Some ideas to recognize folks that have offered those really important extras, like the Egyptian person on your team that pointed out that every single sign that has Arabic on it is placed mirror image and upside down, and then essentially acted as a consultant in that realm for the rest of the project. <laughs> Consider uh, some extra compensation and additional game credit, something to acknowledge that. Oh, okay, that's fine. Uh, identify or offer opportunities for growth and learning. Um, as a slightly different example, but similar to what I just mentioned, folks can also use standing open opportunities like this to learn and gain experience in different roles that they may be interested in. As a producer in my last role, there were plenty of folks in QA and community who were really interested in the producer role, only there were no other producer positions available at the time. So I asked their managers to give them a day or two to job shadow with me so I could show them exactly what I did. Uh, which, of course, as I was doing it, felt like embarrassingly little. Um, but they, they were able to sit in on production meetings that they may otherwise not have been invited to. I wish I hadn't have had to ask their managers, really. Um, but I, I, I was the, the result was that I was able to better advocate for them internally uh, if and when positions came up. It was cool, and I feel like this sort of thing should be kind of more normalized. If folks want to grow their career in your studio, that's a very high compliment and should be treated as such. Um, obviously encouraging and potentially financially supporting ongoing training and education um, and definitely identifying opportunities to do more within our industry such as speaking at events like this one even if it terrifies you uh, but this sort of stuff can be so meaningful it's career and life enriching and uh, lifting your team to be able to take advantage of these opportunities uh, in any possible way is important and you were spoiled for point number three um, but uh, if you're a studio founder Know why people want to work for you and honor that, or you may find that folks aren't as excited to grow with you. If people don't feel proud or if they no longer even want to feel a sense of ownership, then you've lost alignment with your team and that feels sucky. One example on a larger scale is studios that decided to try their hands at NFTs. Uh, many studios identified NFTs as a business opportunity and gr a great swath of folks in the industry felt very alienated morally from their company values. Uh, but Imagine a team first, a team first in a situation. What 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 that could result in? Um, what what would putting team first look like uh, as a business decision like that? I don't have a big example from my career, um, aside from the fact that being upfront about not being into NFTs has been a big selling point in the interviews I've conducted in my current roles. But I like to think about about it, and I just wanted to put it up there for you. Um, ah, yes, words to action. This is important. Um, a statement or intention does not equal action. If as a studio or teammate, you say one thing but do another, you're sending a clear message. This message becomes especially damaging if the thing that is being said and not done is something like a commitment towards diversity or a transparent career growth process or basically anything that we've identified as a people first value. The People First Foundation crumbles. <laughs> this can be something big on a studio level or small day-to-day -day things that add up. Um, back at the beginning of this presentation, I talked about a DEI statement not being people first. That's because the statement does not equal action. And while many studios have these statements on their websites, they don't often include what I like to call pudding proof. Uh, <laughs> intention is important, but action is queen and pudding is delicious. Um, so. Let's say we have the intention, but we're struggling with the follow through. In order to motivate ourselves and other folks towards an action, towards an action in people in a people first way, I think we can work to cultivate a genuine shared sense of importance or at least an understanding about the value. Not everyone will feel the same about everything in the same way, but we can work towards an understanding, a shared understanding at least. Um, and I'd like to share one approach that uh, we took to get folks aligned on the importance of DEI when I was a producer at Yukon Games. So I was part of a task force working on with our awesome HR manager to create Yukon Games' first code of conduct, which would include a robust DEI statement. One thing we kept running into was how to make folks care beyond the, a cursory understanding of what DEI is uh, and to see our statement as a call to action and to become proud upholders of the value. So how do we instill empathy about the about an experience of microaggressions into folks who may not exper experience or understand them, essentially? 
Um, so this task force was largely made up of traditionally marginalized folks, and all of us had some version of an awful workplace experience that stuck with us, stuff that really highlighted and underlined the importance of the work that we were putting into this statement. Um, so as a group, we came up with a, a plan. We'd roll the statement out, not as an email and not as a notification in Slack that it was available to review and drive, uh, but as a series of smaller personal meetings. Each meeting had around 10 or 15 folks total, uh, and we held this meeting four or five times to ensure that everyone was covered. In each meeting, those of us running it uh, read the statement and the code and then followed up uh, by taking a few, like a quiet moment uh, and relaying one of the experiences that we I mentioned before one of these negative experiences and, and how it affected us um, and our careers. Sign up today for the Indie Game Business Newsletter. It's a weekly source of business news curated for indie dev teams. We've got discounts on all Indie Game Business events and events from all of our partners. You get a first look at the summaries and takeaways from all of our podcasts. There's exclusive opportunities for promotions and early access to new tools for development, monetization, and more. Check it out. Sign up. PowellGroupConsulting.com slash publisher dash list. I'm not asking folks to talk about their trauma to cultivate a shared sense of importance at all. Every one of us who shared a story wanted to tell, tell it, and we took pains to ensure that it would be a safe space to tell them. It was vulnerable, yes, but the payoff was immediate. Our coworkers may not care or relate or even quite understand a story that they read online, um, or even the weight of the items in the DEI statement, but they cared and related to us, the folks that they see and work with every day on some level. These sessions typically ended up with really insightful and thoughtful conversations from all participants, some folks wanting to share their own experiences or times they were able to advocate, um, but there was real empathy and understanding in those meetings. Don't get me wrong, this wasn't like, a, like an emotional therapy session, but what we did get out of it was a clear alignment and a sense of shared purpose. And it really set the tone for how we approached our DEI initiatives at the company going forward. Uh, because we as a studio aligned on the importance um, of because we put it front and center in our understanding, it was easier to hold ourselves accountable for any lack of action. Um, let's see. So next, yes, I think uh, a strategy like this would be a lot harder to do remotely, to be frank. Um, it requires a lot more work up front to grow the relationships first. However, there are smaller ways of following through on words to action every day, such as a simple feedback loop. So for me as a producer, my feedback loop might be, one, I casually check in with an individual or group to see how they're doing. Two, I listen and as I do, identify if there are needs, worries, or other items that I can offer an action on. Um, three, follow through. Talk to the applicable parties, gather information, follow up the appropriate processes to take, the, take action on what you committed to. Four, circle back as many times as necessary to let the the person or team know you are where you are with the with the ask. It's important that there's a resolution, even if it's not the one that the person wants. Um, and then repeat. It's it's a never-ending cycle. It's a it's a never-ending process with the team. So consistently doing this adds up. Folks will inherently know that they and their needs are heard, considered, and valued. And the opposite will be true if you consistently fail to put your words into action. This is my last point, everyone. This is, this is important and this is, yeah. So care for one another. It can't be faked, it can't be forced. If you can, cultivate that feeling and bring it with you every day. It will permeate everything you do. And if we all try a little bit, we can move ourselves and our studios forward and upward. Take a step back and remember that what we're doing is amazing. We are so used to producing output as value that it can be easy to forget that each piece of art an artist submits is the culmination of hours and hours of practice and training and crumpled up first drafts. And every line of code is an excerpt from an arcane spellbook conjured by a, a bug-scarred bug wizards who have seen their hard thought out solutions crumble before their eyes over and over again. So we should take moments together as a team to value and marvel with each other at each piece of the puzzle. 
at who we are and how we got here. When I think about team building and game development in this way, it makes it a lot easier for to feel that connection and genuine affection for the folks around me um, and to put them first. Um, at Rio, we have a saying, we are each other's cheerleaders and I believe wholeheartedly in that. Um, I am my team's cheerleader. So find your team's cheerleader, be each other's cheerleader, go full palms. And yeah, I think I'm gonna leave it at full palms. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> that's that's about it. I don't really have a sum up. Um, so yeah, does that mean it. also you have to take uh, silhouette pictures? Correct, yeah, over, those were all me. Your stuff? Those were all you with the palm? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you so much, Maggie. So. Well, we don't have any questions right this very second, but I'm sure we can find some interesting stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah, for sure. So what's your, what is your favorite thing about about your studio, about what you do at your studio? Um, well, oh, there's so many things that I really like about my studio. Um, just like like I mentioned in the, in the um, presentation, when I was looking for a home, I felt very... Um, wary like i i was very worried i i i i didn't know i i i just felt stung and i was very careful about um uh, finding some place that really you know that 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 aligned that i aligned with that that valued the kinds of things that i brought um mm -hmm. because everybody every producer even has a different sort of set of things that they bring um and and me, I, I'm team building all the way. Like you know, producers, we're all schedules. We're all oh, get this done. But to me, the, the team building is is just as important. And so uh, when I talked to Nick and Robbie, the co-founders, and they mentioned like, no, they they had all these things like built into their businesses, uh, sort of foundation, their, their pillars, and and mm -hmm. what they were doing to strive to sort of get there. Um, how they wanted me to help build that. That was uh, really exciting too. Um, the fact that it's a JRPG. I mean, I don't know. This is, that's my, my bread and butter and, and to be bread able and <laughs> bread and butter mm -hmm. pudding. Uh, so that, and, and to know that I could sort of help on, on, on my terms in a lot of ways, like I wasn't limited in my role. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, that was really exciting. And, and they followed through in every in every respect uh i i genuinely feel a great affection for the team that we are building for the project we are building and the way that we're trying to build it and culture is so 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 important in the mm -hmm. studio mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. like we have uh, just multiple times during this event we've talked about culture it when when they they did this talk about the science games right like you could see that those were life-changing experiences when they were designing that game and going through and what they did and who they worked with and, and that kind of stuff. Okay. So we see someone's been paying attention. Jen from YouTube says, is Neptune really the farthest planet from the Look sun? At, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I feel like every answer I give here is wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> personally, I don't, I feel like Pluto's a planet. I, I grew up with Pluto as a planet. I don't really know like what this template look. I don't want to disagree with the template I chose. Okay. Mm -hmm. But just gonna put it out there, low-key Pluto's a planet. Low-key. Hashtag Pluto. Low-key Pluto's <laughs> Lo-fi. Lo-fi. Yeah. Lo-fi. All right, Jay drops something in here from Discord. What missteps have you made along the way that other developers may find themselves doing as well? And how did you resolve them? I'm perfect. I've never mm -hmm. made a misstep. Uh, gosh, so many. See, see, I mean, I'm, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. I yes. Imperfect. Right? Uh huh. <sighs> You're right. You know what? Perfection is a flaw, and I am flawless. No. Okay. So. Um, oh my goodness. No. There, there were so, so many. Um, I think. I think iteration is key. Sometimes you have these best laid out plans, and you and you, um, you roll them out. And you think, hey, we are really doing this in a people first. So I think we had this sort of like with with career pathing, some of the the, the problems we had with that, this idea of, of um, okay, here's the path, here's what to expect, here are the different places that you can go into. Um, perhaps not fully aligning with folks about 
what they're actually contributing <laughs> in those roles in some cases um, has has been uh, a problem and has lead, led to a lot of uh, difficulty. Um, I think on the other side of that, when you have this idea of, okay, in order to, to, to like, okay, like, yes, we have this career path. If you want to be like QA2, these are the things that you need to be doing. The idea that, well, if you're already doing those things, then maybe you should have been a QA2 a long time ago, right? Like, really, they should be aspirational and not um, things that you're already doing. So mm -hmm. it was sort of thinking about uh, around like that. Um, adding uh, uh, additional roles and tiers um, without being fully communicative about the team can feel really bad. Uh, even if it's even if it's like people are happy that hey there's there's more room for me to grow here it's also like well hold on a second like well now there's another layer between me and the 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 manager you know what i mean that sort of stuff in in all of these cases it was just not spending enough time talking with the folks that are actually affected <laughs> mm -hmm. um and, and sort of making uh, decisions. And even if you do make that, even if you do like get this all done and then like present it to someone and say, what's your feedback? It can still feel bad looking at that and thinking, and thinking, this is what you think I do. Like, this is your, your completely uneducated understanding of, of what I do here. Like, no, like it's, it, it just works. It just, it doesn't work very nicely. Um, we hear a lot about transparency. Yeah. Right? Transparency. Right. Yeah. But you yeah. know what? I get that. Like, so my relatives or my brother or whatever. So are you still doing that stuff on the computer? Yes, I'm, that's what I'm doing. The stuff on the computer, right? That's my job, the yeah. stuff on the computer. That's funny. Oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> my friend, call sign Navy, he wants to know light or dark mode. I'm, oh gosh, dark mode for my dark mode eyes. Yeah. I had laser eye surgery, which was the best decision I ever made. And light mode is 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 not <laughs> an option. It's too light. Like all my my G my Gmail's dark. Discord is dark. Everything is dark. This is the back end for me is white, and yeah. that's just like. Ugh. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's it's okay. Here's what's annoying to me, and maybe this is just like a simple trick, like like don't paste format or something like that. Is copying from uh, dark mode Slack into like emails or stuff like that. Uh, Such a pain. Yeah, Control Shift V. I'm like, it's what is that? What, what is that? That's like a recent thing. Like you've, I've always been able to Control Shift V, but sometimes like I'll copy something from Discord into something else, and you can't Control Shift V. But you gotta. You got to control, you got to paste it in and then format. What I think is happening it here. It my gears. Is this is what I think. I, we're seeing people first, not being people first in action right here. <laughs> right, right. Mm -hmm. So, Raphael Francois, oh. what is your favorite daily meeting? And why is it with the art team? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to have to say the art team um, because uh, they are... <sighs> Some of the most talented, artistic, good-looking, <laughs> mm. smart, uh, just groundbreaking individuals, and every every uh, art scrum is like a a roller coaster ride of uh, joy and delight. Uh, no, but honestly, this like, so <laughs> yeah, right. it, it, genuine connection. Uh, but actually, though, like, I'm saying this in a joking manner, but like, what I said in my presentation about like each little piece that my art team brings to show to me being mind blowing and just being in that moment and really appreciating it with them. I don't know. It's it's special to me. <laughs> That's amazing. So, how many meetings a day do you have? Uh, hopefully, not right now. Not that many. Um, well, okay, I should. That's a lie. I have lots depending on the day. We're actively growing our studio, so there's tons of interviews. Uh, but right now, because we have like sort of these open uh, Discord channels and stuff like that, it's a lot easier to kind of just be flexible and talk about the things that we need to talk about. Mm. Um, sort of on 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 sort of like a a more front facing production side. Um, but I, I feel like I've been I've been in organizations that it's just there's not time to do anything else. And they had to enact like no meeting days because there was just it was so interruptive. It didn't give you time to think. So and it was I just all meetings and then you can't do anything. 
Yeah. Well, how, for instance, how am I going to eat the rest of this burrito? You can do it on, on camera. It's fine. <laughs> you know, that might get some viewers. You never know. So let's right? let's see. A little oh, bit of ASM, ASMR. Maggie eats. <laughs> Ow. Right? Yeah. It's important, it I think. Maggie eats. Yeah. I think that what you just did was awesome. When people do that, they're like, you ask somebody a question and they start saying something and then they stop and they say, no, that was a lie. And then they just move on <laughs> like something just completely, just like, you know what? What I said is completely not true. It's, it's like, my I ideal. Don't know, I don't know why I said it, but I'm just going to say, I just lied and I'm just going to move. Actually, you know what? So honestly, I like, I used to think that was trippy. I used to think it was weird, but it's like, because people sometimes they just say stuff, right? But to just know that you're just all of a sudden saying something and your mind goes, nope, nope. And you go, you know what? That was a lie. And then you just move forward and you just like brush it under the rug and forget about it. That's amazing. You know what? It's like, as I said it, I was sort of like, you know what? I have an ideal in my head of, of what I'd like to tell you. And uh -huh. no, I have to be honest, like there's, there's, but I also feel like the way that we're approaching that kind of need the, the need of meetings <laughs> uh is is definitely different with how we've set up our discord and, and and how we're doing those things and there's a lot more just informal drop-ins and and alignments and they can be super quick um it doesn't require an agenda it doesn't require you know a lot of people waiting for people in a room it can just get done mm -hmm. right right because uh, like in a meeting oh here's what i have to say insert like oh here we're gonna pull it up here's what oh. it's really like honest feelings yeah yeah, that is another great yeah. thing because sometimes you're yeah. in a meeting and uh, well, I work for a charity and and uh, there's be like 25 people in a meeting and all of these things have to be addressed and it's like I know some people don't need to be there for the first you know 15 minutes mm -hmm. and then some people do and and I and I get that that's why Discord and online communication is so important because Agreed. you can just like go boop, right to the source and then get one thing answered instead of sitting for a 30 minute meeting to say hey. Uh, is this a yes or no answer? And then someone go, yes, you know, and then you're like, thank you. Oh, it's, so. it's so much less disruptive. Um, and I think especially for, for folks like artists or, or, or programmers or people who kind of need to be in flow for long periods of time. I mean, you know, what is it like 30% of productivity is lost? Like when people are like context switching and stuff like that, I think mm -hmm. it just, it helps folks stay where they need to be, uh, to get their job done. Um, you know, just not constantly, I have to hop into this. I have to hop into that. I, I have to eat my burrito. You know, it's just, it's just where it's at. <laughs> so what were you doing? <laughs> what were you doing before game dev? Oh, oh, I did a lot of things before game dev. Uh, I was a uh, educational assistant. Mm -hmm. I was a uh, coordinator for children's television delivery. Um, I, what else did I do? Oh gosh. Um, I worked at Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it wasn't my fault what happened to it, but it's no longer with us. Yeah. Um, and like, and again, even some of the, my interests, like uh, music, like I was in bands growing up, but I kind of moved that towards, uh, game composition, which I, I love, but burnt out of pretty hard. Uh -huh. Um, it happens. Yeah, that's. I. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, and I, I find it interesting, and I, and I think a lot of people do find it interesting. They like want to know, like, what was your life? Like, I was a commercial fisherman for a little bit. I also designed roof trusses for houses and buildings. Cool. I I uh, what else did I do? I built cabinets. I also that's awesome. So you know the old clock that looks like a cat. And this tail goes like this. Yes. That. So I worked for a company that we made the molds that when they produce those things, they hold it up to the mold and go Ch -ch -ch and paint them. They're called spray masks. So I worked oh. for the company that made those molds that they would send to the factory so that toys could be painted. Tyco, like trains and stuff as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was kind of a fun I, little thing. I had one of those cat clocks. Yeah. I had one. Well, I don't so know where creepy. it is right where now. Where is it? It's somewhere. <laughs> it's watching me. <laughs> All right, yeah. It's watching everywhere you go. Um, so I got I got sidetracked. So Joe Fish Naps, which is an amazing name. Truly. In a full remote setting, team size 7 to 10. 
how do you encourage people to engage with one another, especially the more introvert slash shy ones? You talked about having virtual offices, open spaces, one-on-one on Discord. So I guess I'm asking, how do you go about establishing a communication culture Mm-hmm. that ensures people stick to it and no one is left behind. Yeah, so I definitely understand like there's definitely people that are more introverted and and that's part of like my my first role. Like I I understand because I can also tend to be a little bit more introverted if left on my own. So I'm pretty good at identifying the folks that um are as well. I I just I put in an extra effort to to build that initial connection. Um because often introverted fo- I married one introverted folks have have <laughs> so much <laughs> that they're to, that to give um uh-huh. so how do I ensure that they don't get left behind I often find that for introverted folks the the easiest way to sort of ease them in to a bigger collaboration is to kind of like a graduated system where it's like okay you and I are going to feel comfortable together and then let's pick one other person that you work really well with and start like okay let's all could let let's have meetings together let's like bring you and you and me and then and then we'll and then we get bigger and, and bigger you just kind of bigger. do it and you just yeah. kind of slip it in there and don't even yeah. tell them it's like surprise now you're an extrovert um yeah. at work it's true yeah. and and also like hiring with that in mind too when you're thinking about you know people um bringing people into the team. Um, I think it's super important that you think about how they're going to be interacting with your existing team. Like that's, that's always very front of my mind. Like, is, is this person going to be someone who, who is um, thoughtful about the needs uh, of a more introverted person, of a person who um, maybe even has a bigger personality and, you know, is this going to be someone who knows how to, uh, hmm, interact on a person's terms. Uh, I think one uh, the platinum rule, this is something Nick, um, co-founder of Rio says to, to, to us all the time, which is it's, it's not the golden rule, like treat others how you want to be treated. It's um, treat others how they want to be treated. So you just start with them, you start with their comfort level, and then you just get other people, like other people want, want to create those happy, safe space environments for introverted people um, as well. I think it's, really important to ensure that you take the extra time to uh, touch base with folks that might not feel as comfortable talking in meetings um, to ensure they got it, they get a chance to say what they might not have felt comfortable saying before. Mm. Um, and so I do that a lot. Uh, and so like my feedback loop, my check-in, I, m- I might go to those folks a little bit more often, but I do try and uh, create sort of like safe groups for people to feel like they can have a little bit more um collaboration that's remember we talked about uh simple questions easy questions bam i went right to it you didn't even know that you didn't even know it it was awesome so yeah i feel like you know because if you were to just take 10 people that were extremely introverted and put them into a discord call and you're like hey so how is everyone doing today it's like 30 seconds of silence and you hear one fine you know right like i could see that it's kind of like it's not training, you know, mm-hmm. subliminal training, but yeah. you know, it's just kind of easing them into it. That's yeah. amazing. Well, and it's also perfectly fine for people to to contribute in a way that they feel comfortable. If that's how they, if that's how someone feels comfortable contributing, if 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 someone needs to, um, if that's if that's what they want to say, if that's all they have to say, that's fine too. Like, right. there's no there's no um, need to. You must talk to now. force folks. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, or you you must like collaborate this way with the, these people as, as we do. No, 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 no. Um, right, everyone is different yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. Uh, Sean Martins, is there stuff you'd like your non-producer coworkers to do to help you feel more appreciated or welcome? I, I happen to have very, very, very awesome coworkers that make me feel special. Is, is this person one of your time. coworkers? I mean, I don't think that this is one of my coworkers, but I'd like them to be. They're like asking for a friend, right? <laughs> yeah, like, right, right, they, right. This, one of your coworkers sent them in here secretly to uh, ask this question to get this stuff out of you. Um, like, really? Um, I, I, so just speaking in general, um, except me for me. Uh, I'm go- I'm a goof. Uh, I, I make silly mistakes all the time I get flustered I get I have anxiety talking in front of large groups of people even as a producer and uh folks who get that folks who go along with me folks who uh you know 
I say put up with me, but that's not really what I mean. It's, it's, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, I have always, I've never felt not welcome <laughs> or, or, or not appreciated, um, by my, by my, by my non-producer coworkers. Have I? Gosh, this is a hard question. (laughs) This is a hard one. (laughs) There's some hard ones coming out of chat. I think that's a, that's a really good question. Um, We'll just sit here quietly until you come up with an answer. Yeah. Making you answer. (laughs) I don't know. I think, I think the same thing that anybody would just want to feel like to, to just feel. um, Important. I know. Like, yes. More important than everyone else. No, uh, not you, like that kind of important, you, but valued, yes. valued, important. Right, and I think like from, from like in a very like producer centric thing, like my job is often to bother people sometimes several times, and like and like understand the complex things that other people are doing that, and they have to explain it to me at a very like sort of basic level. And I know that that that's not easy, and I know that that can sometimes be annoying. So patience is 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 really and and understanding that you know that that's part of my job and by and large that hasn't been a problem um yeah, yeah because as a producer sometimes you gotta like you're the one that is like the scolder but without scolding right you gotta encourage people yeah. and when they're messing up or falling behind or not doing what they're supposed to you have to encourage them to the point then you're like please don't make me the bad guy right please yeah. don't do this i don't want to be the bad guy no. and you know what like i the, part of this is just ensuring that i'm i i have to advocate for the folks who are who are doing the grunt work as much I, as i have to advocate for the schedule you know like it's it's a one of these things um and so really the, the, what i want to do is find ways for the person to succeed i want to set them up to succeed so if i, I find that if i come come at it from that sort of mindset it makes it makes those conversations easier <laughs> all i know is i i wouldn't want to be the producer of a game no. studio it's no. not so bad it's not so bad <laughs> i mean there's a special type of person that can do that right it, it's just not me no i can barely do it like my in my everyday oh, life like now. you put it you could put a calendar in front of me i'm like i don't i don't know what day it is anymore i mm-hmm. i don't know no it's but, like you know. we, uh, we use this crm and then we use google spreadsheets <laughs> and then we have this thing and then we use notion and then we use mondays <laughs> yeah. and then then we got to do this and then i've got my excel <laughs> spreadsheets over here now did you okay. see the template i chose yeah <laughs> 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 it was amazing. All right. It looks like they are ready over here, but awesome. there is uh, some other things real quick. Oh. Hey, Maggie, I really enjoyed your presentation. It was very enjoyable. It was awesome. It was oh, cute. So it was much. funny. What's the thing you're most excited to do to foster a people first studio, either already in motion or that you've got planned? Oh, I really want to have. Oh, oh, thanks, Nick. <laughs> Cameron and Nick are, 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 are true buds um so cameron uh that is top secret uh, no uh honestly what what we have in store in terms of like wanting to incorporate um like we we have diversity as one of our core values to me building that studio from from the bottom up and having mm-hmm. that that breadth of experience that breadth of like just background um is super exciting to me and i feel like that could bring in like whole new ways of 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 looking at the way that we do business and the way that we make games. Um, I'm excited to like make a game with, with a group of people who want to be involved in, in who want to be involved, who want to be aligned, who, who are all sort of like here to be each other's cheerleaders. Um, people that, that, that is... make reasons to do things, not excuses why they are right. not doing them. Right. Right. This is, this is kind of where we're at because there's, there's just this, there's, there's an alignment and, and really to, to keep that alignment, to foster that alignment, to nurture that alignment um, is what I look forward to and how I'm going to do it with the help, their help. <laughs> I, that's, well, you know, a producer is like, it's it's like they are the, not unnamed, because everyone's like, oh, the program is this, oh, the artist is that, you know, oh, the voiceover person is this, but the producer is like the backbone of everything and the backbone of the culture. So props to you. That's oh, amazing. thank you so much. That is so kind. I, <laughs> well, it's I, the I, truth, man. Uh, the, pro- the producer is the one that directs the way that everything comes together. 
it's right you know without what? that it's just either chaos or it's a mess or and if a producer's not nice then uh well i i, I can only, you can only do it we can <laughs> Heather, only do it with the heather's team. back here says yes producers are the best in the private chat all in capitals <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Especially I'm producers saying. named Heather. <laughs> Especially producers named Heather. Okay, yeah. well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you again, Tripwire Presents. Thank you, Maggie. That was awesome. Thanks, Tripwire. I, Thanks. Yes, thank you, Tripwire Presents. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we got next? Oh, I always, I always don't do this. Okay, we have, oh my gosh, this day is coming. To, oh, we got Chris Cataldi. Yes. Found in translation, cultural takeaways for a global era. That's going to be a good one. Chris always got some good stuff. All the Chris's that come on here have good stuff. All right. Thank you so much, Maggie. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at IndieGame.Business.